Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. How do you feel when Jesus' last words at the cross, it is finished, sounds like I am finished. When you are trapped between a mountain and the Red Sea, do you doubt? Do you get discouraged, disappointed, or feel deserted before this? I've discovered that no one was born with the full measure of faith. You may be strong in faith in one area, but struggling in another. Many times I get hold of the shield of faith, but sometimes I lose it. And when I've lost it, I begin to doubt. I sometimes doubt and question God when the battles I am fighting are the roughest and toughest battles that I've ever fought. When the burdens I am carrying are the heaviest that I've ever carried. When prophecies, the wait for prophecies and promises seems unbearable. When I pray, the more I pray for healing, the severe the pain gets. 10 out of 10 on pain scale. And we all sometimes doubt if things are not making sense. I'm going to read from Matthew 11, verse 2 to 6. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Message version verse 6 says, is this what you were expecting? Then count yourselves most blessed. Hallelujah. The topic of the message today is called from unexpected source. We expect doubt from everyone else except prophets, pastors, great men and women of God. But we've read about one unexpected source, John the Baptist, doubting Jesus, the expected one. Hallelujah. And this is the circumstantial doubt. Although John is one of the unexpected sources of doubt, Jesus is the source of faith, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, John's ministry was to prepare the way for the Lord, but Jesus is the Lord of lords. Although John and Jesus, they were both arrested, killed, and buried, one Sunday morning, one Sunday morning, one Sunday morning, Hallelujah, on the third day, Jesus rose up and he is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And Jesus said about John the Baptist that he is more than a prophet, that no one is greater than him. Oh, Jesus. But this same John who literally heard the voice of God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. 
This same John, who had the privilege of touching Jesus when he baptized him. This same John, who literally saw the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus. John the Baptist is in prison. Hallelujah. And he is in prison for the right reasons. Only because he rebuked the sin. He rebuked Herod for unlawfully taking Herodias, his brother's wife. And he is in prison. So John, I'm sure he was praying. He was praising and worshiping when, and worshiping when he was in prison. He was praying for a breakthrough, for a miracle, to get out of the prison. Oh, Jesus but there was no earthquake that happened to shake the prison foundations or to open the prison doors, like in the case of Paul and Silas in prison. And John couldn't smell, feel, or see any miracle coming. He couldn't see himself coming out of prison. There was no signs of his release at all. And John, we are finding him uh, in doubt his faith is tested and tried. So in that prison, John had headline news, testimonies, that Jesus is performing miracles out there. Oh, I'm sure he thought, what about me, Jesus? I am your cousin, the forerunner who announced your coming. Are you not remembering that I am here? So John made a checklist uh, based on Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim. Can I have the checklist, please? Thank you. So, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. So, John ticked everything else. Except release for prisoners, freedom for captives. Because I am in prison, Jesus, this is unfair, Lord. This is unfair. Hallelujah. So Jesus could have made John come out of prison, maybe through the wall or through the roof, because nothing is impossible with God, but not at this time. So John was a great man of God. Who knew the Bible well? Who knew scriptures well? Who understood uh, prophecy? But because he was under pressure, hallelujah, like you and me, he was under pressure with unfulfilled expectations, the unmet needs, he started doubting. Uh, John decided to send his disciples with a message to Jesus and it shows me that Jesus was not even uh, visiting John in prison, but the disciples were going to see John. So he sent them to Jesus, direct to Jesus. He didn't send them to other disciples or to the priests. And he sent them with the message to say, are you the one or should we expect another? John needed confirmation. He needed confirmation, hallelujah. He was honest and he was admitting his doubt. He was real that I am doubting. I can doubt sometimes, but God, I need help, hallelujah. So doubt, as Pastor Sean was explaining last week, is an element of faith 
Doubt brings up questions because it requires answers. It requires more information. It, it requires clarity. But doubt, when allowed to overcome, it results in unbelief. And unbelief is the opposite of faith because it refuses to believe. It says, I won't believe. Are you the one or should we expect another? John's question and doubt didn't shock Jesus because Jesus knows our struggles. That's why he, says, he said, if you have got faith as small as a mustard seed, because Jesus knows that when doubt is resolved, it becomes faith. Hallelujah. So in response, Jesus sent the disciples back with a message to, to John to say, go and tell John what you hear and see. Go and tell John what you hear and see. Because John only needed to hear. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So somebody said, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it every day. So disciples were sent back to John to testify. John didn't need prayer. There's a time for everything. There's a time for prayer and there's a time for the word. So he didn't need prayer this time because sometimes prayer without faith is ineffective. He needed to hear a testimony. We all waver in our faith sometimes and we need to be encouraged, to be, to be strengthened by someone's testimony. So it is very important for all of us to testify, to tell people what God is doing in our lives, what God has done in our lives, because it helps somebody build up their faith. Amen. So we need to be like Barnabas, the encourager to Paul, like Moses and her, who lifted Moses' hands to win the battle. So miracles were happening outside the prison to others, but not to John. And I'm sure John was thinking, uh, so did I, if you are not the expected one, did I waste my time, Jesus, walking about with, uh, dressed with camel's hair and eating uh, wild honey and locusts, you know, fasting instead of enjoying KFC and McDonald's? Hallelujah. Maybe you are here, you are asking God, when is my breakthrough coming? It seems as if miracles are happening to others, not to me. They are happening to the next door, not me. When is my miracle coming, God? I've got an encouragement this morning. Prison is not your destination. You are loved by God. You are not a victim. You are not an outcast. You are blessed and highly favored. You are anointed. You are beautifully and fearfully made. You are a sign and a wonder. You are a marvel. Hallelujah. And had John changed his message, I was just thinking, had John changed his message to say, Son of God, oh, Son of God, I need help. Come and set me free. It would have been a different story together. Amen. In the Bible, we read about great men and women of God, the unexpected sources who doubted at some point, but they trusted and obeyed God. Sarah doubted, you know, bearing children in her old age, but she did. Moses doubted, 
being the deliverer of the Israelites, but he did. Disciples doubted Jesus resurrecting from the dead, but Jesus is alive forevermore today. Hallelujah. And we see Peter, he doubted and started sinking when he was walking on water going to Jesus. Oh, Jesus is so merciful. So Jesus reached out his hand to him. Hallelujah. And he caged him. And he said to Peter, you of little faith, why did you, did you doubt? He did not say you wicked wind. He said you of little faith. He was talking about Peter's faith because it was about Peter's faith, not about the environment. So maybe today it's not about your situation. It's about your faith. We need to fix our faith. We need to sort the root cause of the problem, which is doubt. And James chapter 1 verse 6 says, The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. In Hebrews, the Bible says, Doubt is like a weight that can easily entangle us as we run the race that is set before us. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. We need to lay aside, aside this doubt and fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it means in life we need faith. We need faith to live because the just shall live by faith. So what then does this Word faith means. I was reading about Martin Luther King Jr. He said faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. He said faith sees the invisible, it believes the incredible, and it receives the impossible. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 11 verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is trusting God even when you can't trust him. It is seeing the way where there's no way. It is believing that God is not like a man who lieth, nor a son of man who repents. When he speaks, he acts, and when he promises, he fulfills. And by faith, Enoch walked with God, and he didn't die because God took him. We walk by faith and not by sight. So every prophecy and promise is inherited by faith. So today you need to prophesy your promise, oh my children's names. You need to prophesy your promises. You need to decree and declare and it shall be established. So what happened is I had several miscarriages before I had my two. And one of the pregnancies had twins actually. But in, in the process, I had doubts and questions. Have you ever miscarried something that you really like? Hemorrhage of marriage, hemorrhage of finance, hemorrhage of love, hemorrhage of, of faith, your children. Have you ever miscarried something that you really like? So what I did is I said, after the first and second miscarriages, I thought, this is, I think this is serious. I need to be serious as well with God. So I decided to search scriptures more. I decided to pray. And I read the Bible. It says children are a blessing from God. So I went before God and I said, God, 
this is your word. So does that mean I'm not worthy to have these promises, to have this blessing? I need children. I had questions before God, but questions that are doubting. And God so he didn't answer. There was no response. I continued. I had another miscarriage. And I thought, uh, maybe posture. I need to change position. Maybe if I humble myself and pray, maybe God will hear. And I went before God and I said, God, why are you make, making me an object of scorn? A byword in the society. Did you save me, you know, to suffer like this? God didn't respond to that prayer. I miscarried again. I said I had several miscarriages. And I thought probably, let me do what my pastor uh, was teaching me the other time. Like the woman who had faith. So I took a chair and I said, God, you are the omnipresent God. I'm giving you a chair. You sit on the chair and I'm coming before you. Let's talk Jesus. You are my father. But God, me and my husband, we are leading this church. We are pastors. Did we apply to be pastors in this church? Did we apply to be leaders in this church, God? I asked the God, why are you making people come to us for prayer, to have children, and yet we are in the same prison like them, we are struggling like them? And I said, God, people, people, you know people talk. What do you want people to say about the God that we save if you, do, if you don't answer, if you don't respond, if you don't give me these children? I'm sick and tired of this. But God didn't respond. But when I read the Bible, and I realized that Jesus also experienced the, the silence of the Father in darkness, he felt forsaken and abandoned. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt forsaken like me. But the father didn't respond. He was quiet. But Jesus continued to trust it, to trust in God. He continued trusting in God. You know that time when you don't see what God is doing, when you don't feel all sense what he's doing, Jesus was not seeing. He was not allowed to see what the father was doing. And he's saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? You are in that situation, in that prison where you are saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why? Why are you not hearing me, God? Why are you not changing this situation, God? Till when, Jesus, oh, Father didn't respond, but he kept on trusting. So when I realized that, I went before God and I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for doubting you, Jesus. And I changed my attitude. I changed my prayer. I said, Father, I want to thank you for my situation. I want to thank you for who I am. I want to thank you for the children that are in the future. So seeing the future as present and seeing the invisible. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So... By faith, because faith without action is dead. 
I went to the shops and I bought some maternity dresses and some few baby clothes and I put them in my wardrobe. So every day I was going before God and I was reminding him of his faithfulness. That God, I'm going to put on that maternity dress and I'm going to carry my pregnancies to full term and my, I'm going to give these clothes to my babies to put on. So I was praying for those clothes every time in my wardrobe. And finally, God gave us children. So we doubt God when we face challenges in our faith journey. But that is, that is when our faith is formed or made better. So you need to trust and obey God. And he will turn your test into a testimony. Your mess into a message. He will take you from the prison to the palace. And he will turn your doubt into confidence and faith. Hallelujah. So like John, you are in prison. Where you are doubting and questioning God. Because of unanswered prayers and hope deferred. I want to tell you that Jesus is aware of your present situation, and he is able to set you free. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What are your expectations of Jesus this morning? Because he is everything you need. He is everything you need. In Genesis, he is the creator. In Exodus, he is the redeemer. In Leviticus, he is the sanctifier. In Numbers, he is our guide. In Deuteronomy, he is our teacher. In Joshua, he is the mighty conqueror. In Judges, he gives victory over enemies. In Ruth, he is the kinsman, lover, and redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he is the root of Jesse. In 2 Samuel, he is the son of David. In 1 and 2 Kings, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. 1 and 2 Chronicles, he is our intercessor, our high High priest. Yes, in Ezra, he is our temple, our house of worship. In Nehemiah, he is the mighty wall, protecting us from our enemies. In Esther, he stands in the gap to deliver us from our enemies. In, Ab Ab in Job, he is the arbitrator, who not only understands our struggles, but he has something to do about them. In Psalms, he is our song, our reason to sing. In Proverbs, he is our wisdom, helping us make sense of life and live it successfully. In Ecclesiastes, he is our purpose, delivering us from vanity. In Song of Solomon, he is our lover, our rose of Sharon. In Isaiah, he is the mighty counselor, prince of peace, everlasting father, and more. In short, he is everything we need. In Jeremiah, he is the balm in Gilead. Yes, in Lamentations, he is the ever faithful one upon whom we can depend. In Ezekiel, he is the will in the midst of the will, the one who assures that who assures us that the dead dry bones shall live again in Daniel he is the ancient of days the everlasting father who never runs out of time hallelujah in Hosea he is our faithful lover always beckoning us to come back to him when we have abandoned him in Joel he is our refuge keeping us safe in times of trouble in Amos he is the husbandman whom we can depend on to stand by our side and in Obadiah he is the lord of the kingdom in Jonah he is our salvation bringing us back within his will in Micah he is the judge of the nation in Nahum he is a jealous god in Habakkuk he is the holy one in Zephaniah he is a witness in Haggai he overthrows enemies and in Zechariah he is the lord of hosts and in Malachi he is merciful 
So, in Matthew, he is the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man feeling what we feel. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the savior of the world. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the rock that followed Israel. In 2 Corinthians, he is the triumphant one, giving us victory. In Galatians, he is our liberty, setting us free. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, Philippians, he is our joy. In Colossians, he is our completeness. First and second Thessalonians, he is our hope. In first Timothy, he is our faith. Second Timothy, he is our stability. In Titus, he is the truth. In Philemon, he is our benefactor. In the Hebrews, he is our perfection. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. So in James, he is the power behind our faith. In First Peter, he is our example. Second Peter, he is our purity. First John, he is our life. Second John, he is our pattern. Third John, he is our motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of our faith. And in Revelation, he is the coming king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So trust and obey God. Read the word. Get help from others. A certain man in Mark 9 verse 24, after Jesus told him that nothing is impossible with one who believes, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my doubts. I know. I know you're saying I'm a leader. I know you're saying I'm a mature Christian. I know you're saying, oh, I'm a big person. I know you're saying I'm a, I encourage others. But help my unbelief, Jesus. Help my doubt. You are doubting everything in your life. You are doubting yourself. You are doubting God. You are doubting your tomorrow. Some of us, some of us probably are actually thinking of suicide. But Jesus is here to help you, to help you, to help you renew your hope, to help you. Hallelujah. Believe again in the name of Jesus. I just want to ask us, church, to stand up. If you have been touched by this word, Jesus is here to help you. He just wants you to be honest, to be real, to be like a human being, to be like me. Because sometimes I do doubt. But we need to continue trusting God and obeying Him. If you are here, you are saying, I am here, I need help. I need help. I don't care who you are. If you are here, you need help. I just want you to come to the front right now. Don't wait for the first person. Be the first. Be the first. Be the first. Maybe you say, I don't know Jesus Christ. I've never said Christ come into my, 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 my life. You just need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he exists and he will save you. If you are here, I believe there are many people. The altar call is calling many people. There are many people who are in doubt. We have been in doubt. There's something that you are doubting God about. That you, are, you have got questions, questions, unanswered questions. It doesn't matter you are a teenager. 
teenager. It doesn't matter you're still at uni. It's not only for the big people. It's for everyone. We all doubt sometimes. But we need Jesus to help us. Why can't you take this opportunity to come when the presence of the Lord is here? Hallelujah. If you are here, if you are here, I'm going to give you. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.